Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Billsology. I'm your host, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. And if you don't know me by now, please get to know me, get to know us. This is the Built in Buffalo Network. And today, I don't have DM3 with me. He'll be back sooner rather than later, but I do have a special guest, my brother, my friend, Sterling from Cover One. How you doing, bro? Hey, man, I'm good. Hey, Rich, man. I'm glad you uh, decided to have me on. Hey, I was getting hyped just off the uh, little videos prior to, man. I was over here getting hyped, dog. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, that's that's all DM3, man. Shout out DM3. Shout out the whole Buff- uh, Bilson Buffalo team that does uh, a great job with our graphic designs, our intros, our outros, our whole setup, man. And uh, before we get started, let me shout out some people right quick. I got to shout out some people. Jason, what's going on, Jason? How you doing? The real Dan Kelly. How you doing? How 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 you going, guys? Bib in the house. You're going to kill it, most definitely. Dave, what's going on, Dave? How's everybody doing? Um, before we get started, um, before we start this excellent show this evening, we have a lot of things planned. We have a lot of things to talk about. If you're watching on Twitter, uh, give us a like, give us a retweet. If you're watching on Facebook, give us a like, give us a love, give us a share. And if you're watching on YouTube, first time subscribers, subscribe and please give us a like. Uh, once again, all super chats get priority. So if you have a question, you have a comment, you feel that it is necessary for myself or Sterling to read it and assess it, please give us a, uh, give us a super chat, give us a shout out. Um, Sterling, you ready to go, man? Yeah, man, I'm ready for this. Oh man, oh man. So you know what? We have something called this week in Buffalo, and you know what? Let's get started right now. <laughs> So this week in Buffalo, Brian Baldinger's top three route runners via NFL Network is Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Keenan Allen. Now, we've been having a lot of conversations in terms of who's the best route runners, who's the best overall receivers in the NFL, and where does Stefan Diggs fit into this equation? Well, Baldy has him as the best route runner in the NFL, Sterling. How do you feel with Baldinger's assessment? Do you agree or do you disagree? I disagree. Uh, you know, wow. I, yeah, I disagree. Look, I, I'm a Stefan Diggs is a homie. Like I love everything he does, but Devontae Adams gives you uh I think he gives you more in terms of route running ability, separation. Uh, mm. you know, especially at the top of stems, top at the top of routes. Uh I, I think so. I would have to say I would give Devontae Adams one. Steph Diggs two, and then your your guy Keenan Allen and and third man. He so how do you feel about? I I know he's not a Bills guy, but Keenan Allen getting high praise. Uh, do you think he's actually one of the the best uh, route runners in this NFL? I do agree with the assessment. Anybody that runs a four seven and continuously gets open have to be doing something right. What's your thoughts on Keenan Allen? Yeah, I think so. Keenan Allen, what he does is you know he has different. Even though he's not the fastest, the most quick twitch wide receiver, what he offers is he gives you uh, variety in terms of like his the way he uses his speed. He he he's a master at you know he's not always gonna you know hit you with the first step, but he's gonna mm-hmm. you know he's gonna stagger you know he's gonna he's gonna do and manipulate things like that. Stevie Johnson is a great example. Like 
Stevie's right. not the fastest guy, but what he right. does, they kind of run routes very similarly, actually. When you look at Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson. So um, I think he Keenan Allen's one of the most underrated receivers. I think had he had a like a top quarterback, now you know, Phillip Rivers hasn't been a top quarterback in a long time. I think mm-hmm. you probably would see he'd probably get more respect if he played on a better team. So um I like it. I, I have him at third, you know, for a reason. I think I Stephon like Diggs it. is a better nuanced route runner than Keenan Allen. So the reason why I agree with Baldy is, uh, of course, I, I, I have some Buffalo Bills bias in me. Yes, but it, it's warranted. We're talking about a man with six receptions minimum in all 18 games he played this season. And in my opinion, to do something like that, uh, it didn't matter the team. It didn't matter the opponent. It didn't matter what corner was covering him. He was going to get his his numbers. He was going to get his receptions. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you're one of the elite route runners in this NFL. Uh, 82.6 success rate against man coverage, I think, is 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 something you can't sniff at uh, 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 as well. And, of course, we can't ignore statistical performances with 127 receptions and 1,500 yards. So I do love Devontae Adams. Uh, I do love Keenan Allen. Um, but I do feel Stephon Diggs is – uh, an elite route runner in this NFL. No, I think he's elite. I think one of the things that separates Devontae Adams to uh, Stefan Diggs is Diggs' inability. Well, not inability, but he's not as good as getting off press man coverage. You know, when, when you get your hands on him, he, he sometimes he struggles a little bit to get off, you know, to get into his route. I think Devontae Adams has, is really good. No matter if you press him, he's going to make you pay. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I think Stefan Diggs can improve there. I think absolutely like he'd probably be the best route running in the league. But number, being number two, I don't think that's bad at all. I Hey, man, I hey one or two, you know, that it, I, I'm comfortable with that either way. Right. Um, Let's get some let's get some um perspectives in here. Let's get some perspectives. Jason Taylor says Sterling twice in one week. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> man, Sterling is the man, man. Sterling is the man. And Vlad would definitely agree. Matthew says 17 plus 14 equals six. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Jason Taylor says, I think Adams is number one. Adams. Hey, listen, Devontae Adams is is an elite route runner, elite receiver uh, as they come. Sterling. Yeah. Where does DeAndre Hopkins fit into all this? Do you think of him as a receiver and overall performance, or do you think about his route running ability as well? What do you think when you think DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins, he's a top 10 route runner. I think what makes what separates D Hop from a lot of wide receivers is his catch radius. Mm. Uh, I mean, he he is uh I mean he's a Venus flytrap when the ball is in his area. He getting it. it. It don't matter who's on him, two, three. I mean, we saw with the Hail Mary, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yep. DeAndre Hopkins is that dude, man. He he's uh he gives you a little bit more in the aspect of uh setting quickness, you know, and he he's a master at uh, setting up the DBs with you know whatever he's gonna do uh at the line of scrimmage. So yeah, D Hop, I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the top three receivers in the league. So you know, he just does a lot of other things well as too. All right, most definitely, most definitely. Vlad says Stefan Diggs is the best in the league against man coverage. And, you know, he's definitely uh, amongst the elite of the elites. Uh, I want to move on. This was a, a, a excellent conversation, interesting conversation about uh, Stefan Diggs, his route running ability and where he raises uh, uh, his flags in terms of being one of the best route runners in the league. But let's talk about 
the next topic in this week in uh this week in Buffalo, and that is Ken Dorsey being named or being promoted to passing game coordinator. Now, Sterling, um, Ken Dorsey was sought after a little bit this offseason, right? He had a couple of teams looking at him. I believe the Seahawks is one of those teams, and he had a few others. Is Ken Dorsey the offensive coordinator in waiting for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, man. I think he would. I think he probably would have to be. Uh, you know, he has. I mean, if you go back and look from his time playing quarterback in University of Miami, uh, you know, he was always kind of a, a coach on the field. You know, being quarterback, you kind of have to be. But you know, he was. He excelled um, at that. If you go back and, and look at some of the documentary from you know what players said about him, uh, you know, when he was in college in his career. Obviously, you know, everybody who's good in college doesn't necessarily pan out in the pros, but. Ken Dorsey has a good head on his shoulders. I mean, you saw what he what he was able to do when he worked with Cam Newton and so forth. So he's, you know, he's been he's been around. You know, he yeah. even though he's really young, but he's he's been taught well. And so I would I would absolutely I agree with them making him the passing game coordinator or or he's probably offensive coordinator in waiting. Here's the crazy thing, Brian Dable. Yeah, mm. can, can, I, I want your opinion on this too. Because oh yeah, oh yeah, let's do it. Why do you think Brian Dable did not get a head coaching job? Uh, very interesting. Um, it, it, it doesn't happen, right? When your team, when you're an offensive coordinator for a team that uh, had historic numbers team-wise in team history, scoring over 30 points a game, those type of offensive gurus don't normally stay. Uh, I believe – COVID, the combination of COVID and the whole hiring process within the playoffs at the time of COVID played a major factor okay. in why Brian Dable is, is not an NFL head coach. I believe under normal circumstances, if COVID didn't exist and it was a normal uh, a season, I believe Brian Dable would be a head coach in this NFL. And I think COVID uh, combined with how he handled the whole interview process during the playoffs is the reason why he remains a Buffalo Bill offensive coordinator. What's your thoughts? I think it comes down to personality. I just don't really. Think, yeah. I just don't think he has like, if I'm in a, in a room, right. And I'm talking and I'll just, just, we're talking personality alone, Rex Ryan, Brian Dable, right. I'm not going Brian Dable. Right. <laughs> First up, personality. Like you gotta sell right. me on something. That's right. Now I, I think he's uh I, I think Brian Dable is kind of a, a a guy, you know, he's like a mad scientist in the kitchen, right? Mm. He's cooking it up, but I think you have to be uh more of a leader of men in a sense, mm. you know, and I and I think that that's just my opinion. I don't mm. I've never sat with Brian Dable, but of if course, I had to put course. two cents on it, I would say that's probably it. Like when he gets in these interviews, I don't think he's uh selling himself uh in the best uh in the best way for where he's, he can get these coaching jobs because you see guys like david cully you mean to tell me david cully is a better head coach than brian dable hey, no way ain't so, no ain't no way so do you, you do you do you really believe that these organizations was looking at that they're going to overlook brian dable yeah transformation of josh allen this this is this is not just this is not aaron Rodgers. we're talking about here we're talking about a guy in josh allen who had inaccuracies who troy aikman said that uh you can never 
be a, a, a better thrower of the football. You can never have better, better accuracy. Either, either you have it or you don't. And the transformation of Josh Allen alone should be a reason why Brian Dable should be a head coach, in my opinion. Uh, I don't give a damn what he tells me in these interviews. <laughs> but, but you uh, should, though. But you, you should. should. I understand. Because, like, being head coach is like, it, you, it's not just I'm just looking at the offense. You are – you have everything is at your disposal. I mean, you are responsible for everything. And right. I, I think maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's a leadership kind of deal where, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, maybe he needs to improve there. Great. You can, you can draw plays all day. Right. Right. You, you know, there are guys that, that Andy Reid can, can, he's a mastermind of drawing up plays. And I mean, the guy is, is a brilliant mind. He's a head coach, but he also has a personality too. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know if Brian Dable's a play, is he a player's coach? Right. Or is he the opposite? We don't we don't know because we, we don't see enough of him. We right. see Leslie Frazier, but we don't know enough of Brian Dable. And I think that's probably, in my opinion, that's probably mm. what keeps him from being a head coach right now. You know what? Hey, man, um, I, I like the assessment. <laughs> I like <laughs> the assessment. I like the back and forth dialogue. A. Rich, Akeem Richens, got my boy Sterling from Cover One in here, man. This is Bill Zology. And I like the back and forth camaraderie we have. Let me, let me dive back in to Ken Dorsey a little bit. I also believe he is the uh, offensive coordinator waiting in the rink wings, right? Uh, I, I can't believe he's 40 years old already. I was just watching him play in national championship games a couple of decades ago. I'm giving away my age a little bit here, but uh, uh, Ken Dorsey, 38-2 and two as a starting uh, collegiate quarterback, one of the winningest quarterbacks in college football history. He was... Uh, with Carolina when Cam Newton was an MVP, when Carolina Panthers went to the Super Bowl. I do believe that uh, Ken Dorsey will be ready, willing, and able to take over the offensive coordinator job uh, whenever uh, the time comes. So uh, I like the promotion for Ken Dorsey. Yeah, no, I I think uh, Ken Dorsey's that dude, man. I I think it's between him and Chad Hall. I think Chad, I think the Bills really like him. They really like him. Yeah, yes. and I think and and I know people people say personality doesn't matter. So and let me go on a tangent here. When you see mm-hmm. a, a good looking female, right? Right. Now, I see where this is going. I don't even gotta say it. I don't even gotta you see what I'm saying. I'll see where this personality, is going. Personality, personality yeah. matters. It just does. Right. It does. Right. It does. Why do you think Josh McDaniels? I mean, he got his chance at Denver, but don't right. nobody want to mess with dude no more. Right. I like it. Why? There's a reason. And these billionaire owners, right? These guys, they don't. A lot of these guys aren't football guys. They just own. They just mm. are big pockets. They, yeah. they they need to be sold on something. These guys usually they make their hay doing something else. They didn't make their hay just being an NFL owner. They they built an empire in the business world doing something else, right? So right. personality matters. I don't care what nobody says. It does. It- Hey, man, you're absolutely right. Personality does matter. And let me get some comments. What do the people think? KM, uh, some guys just don't command a room. I don't think the ball can. And that's, hey, man, those are interesting assessments. Those are interesting assessments. Now, uh, can can Brian Dable be a head coach? Can he pick the right offensive coordinator, the right defensive coordinator, the right staff around him? Those are, are things that obviously remains to be seen and we're going to see what brian dable does this year as an offensive coordinator and maybe we do get the chance to see that if he becomes a head coach dave jason 
hey jason been busy with been busy while y'all having this these internal conversations here let's go with dm3 who was the real master mastermind behind josh allen's the de, uh development dorsey or the vault or the ball dorsey got here in 2019 josh first step forward was 2019. hey sterling before we move to the next topic okay, okay. tackle this from dm3 hey uh, shout out to my boy dm3 man of he's, course uh, he's a the real goat. one though for real that's that's yep. the homie right there um you know what I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say that is uh it's dable um really Brian dable you know like he he's a guy i think that kind of uh he knows the right buttons to press with josh allen if you go back you know look at josh allen uh when he played against the patriots uh mm -hmm. when he was like real bad you know i think it was week four a couple of seasons ago mm -hmm. when he played against the patriots uh he he kind of you know he kind of crapped the bed and brian dable was you saw him on the sideline ripping him a new one right i think guys like josh allen need somebody like that right that just get in your you know just get in you and mm -hmm. and, and he i think he presses the right buttons you know they josh allen's a very smart quarterback so i can't i can't take anything away from from what josh allen does in the offseason Right. And we're going to see what he does with the inbreaking routes that he even mentioned this offseason saying he needs to get better at. But I would have to go Brian Dable over Ken Dorsey right now. Mm. Uh, but I but I do think Ken Dorsey's role is important as well. Nice, nice. I want to get this one final comment. Do I see it? I seen Vlad with a great comment talking about personalities and then have the 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 most interesting personality when it comes to being dull is definitely brian Bel bill belichick right so hey that's a good touche vlad um uh, i like the comment but i want to move on to the last to the last topic in this week in buffalo josh allen and sean mcdermott make the top 10 coaching list quarterback coaching list uh via C uh, cbs sports now before i i get your assessment sterling uh i want to read to you the the five that's ahead of sean mcdermott and brian dable if i can find it we have john harbaugh and lamar jackson at number five we have uh-oh let me see if i can find it here we have russell wilson and pete carroll at number four aaron Rodgers and lafleur at three mahomes andy reed at two and brady and arians at number one do you think six is slotted correctly for the Josh Allen, Sean McDermott tandem? No, no, I, I would, I would probably move him a couple spots up. Actually, really? I think, yeah, you know, and and people are probably going to hate me for this, but I think the whole L Lamar Jackson experience is going to explode at some point because Lamar hasn't shown the ability one to mm -hmm. close out games, mm -hmm. and two, has mm -hmm. he grown as a passer? Mm -hmm. So until he does that, right? And, and then you got to look at John Harbaugh. Ozzie Newsom's a hell of a GM, right? Ozzie Newsom built built that empire that we know as Baltimore. Now we know he retired and so forth, but Ozzie Newsom was uh was that guy's a Hall of Fame GM for a reason, right? He was that good in crafting that roster, and I think you know sometimes it's not about the X's and O's, but it's about the, them Joes, and they had a yeah. lot of Joes, you know, what I'm saying, on that squad. Yeah. So yeah. I would I would put Josh Allen and Sean McDermott above uh, Harbaugh and Lamar, you know, for sure, definitely for sure. And then I would say, honestly. Go ahead and say I, it, because I'm going to say it if you don't. I'm going to put them <laughs> ahead of Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur. Wow. 
That I, that I wasn't going to go there. That's interesting. I, Why I, is I that? Because you you have a disgruntled quarterback that that you know from an organizational standpoint doesn't want to be there. And mm. I think in order to be a top ten duo, right? Head coach, quarterback have to be in lockstep. There has to be a it's it's a marriage. It's a civil union. You have to be like on the same page. Sean McDermott, Josh Allen have the same DNA. They got mm. the same DNA. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, the spiritual aspect of it, those guys are lockstep. So I would put Josh Allen, Sean McDermott above Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. That's very interesting. That's very. And I, and, and now that you gave me your assessment, I, I can see it. I can see it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay. So the disconnect is obvious. I was going to go ahead and say uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Uh, I would I would make that move. Listen, Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, we beat you head to head. What more do we, what more do we have to see? I mean, I understand that Russell Wilson have the the, the longevity and the consistency. So right, does, right, right. So does Pete Carroll. So if you want to go in that retrospect and 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 because of that, uh, put him ahead of MC MCD and Josh Allen, then okay. But honestly, uh, I think uh, Josh Allen MCD should be top top four in this nfl i'm not sure if i will put them ahead rogers and lafleur because when they're together i think they're really really special but definitely over over uh pete carroll and russell wilson that's just my opinion yeah you know when i and i'll be honest I, when i think of pete carroll i just think of playtime it's playtime he, he's too much of a player's coach if you ask me right he is i, I need you to crack the whip sometimes bro you, you're gonna have to somebody's got to be the parent yeah, I feel like, uh, you, you know, I feel he gives me and I could be wrong, but that's just the vibe that he gives me. He gives me the Rex Ryan vibe without all the bravado. Yeah. You know, he he gives me that. He, he just gives me that kind of vibe. And listen, he's been successful um, the way he's been coaching thus far. And we're going to see if uh, he listened to Russell Wilson this offseason and gave him an offensive line to work with. So we'll see what happens with the Seattle Seahawks uh, this year. We don't play them. Unless they meet us in the Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens. Hold on, and before we move on from that, when of course, you, if you look at Pete Carroll's history, you got to go back to USC. Mm-hmm. He is a great coach, X's and O's, right? He, he, he. I think he can speak to the mind of players. But when you go back and you look at what USC turned into, well, it was a powerhouse, but it was dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think he's one of those coaches that he's so much of a player's coach. I think he misses on the aspect of disciplinary. He's not a disciplinarian, right? Yeah. And I think you see, you kind of see those traits with him in the NFL. You know, like he's a he's the kind of coach that, and, and it is what it is. He has his different methods of teaching and being effective, but mm-hmm. they be in there hooping, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and that, they'll tell you this. Like, I was watching a Pat McAfee show where uh, one of the guys from uh, the Patriots, I forget the dude's name, but he was talking about the difference between Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and mm-hmm. how it was more of a, a loose, you know, Pete Carroll's it is more of a loose, you know, you kind of just, you feel it out and it's kind of, it's more fun and energetic, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of relates to uh, the youngsters today who are in the NFL, whereas right. Sean McDermott is more of a disciplinarian, right? right. He's, he, he's a good, he's a perfect balance from, being relevant yes. to what today is yes. and then being that old school i know we're going to get shit done that's what he is a rich sterling billsology 
uh interesting conversations we're having right now interesting conversation i want to get some comments on the board dawn what's going on dawn uh Bien-Ami nor the ball got a head coaching job sorry i still don't get it arthur smith isn't great isn't the most fascinating guy other than fedex background but he's got one hey interesting comment and shout out dawn man interesting comment women no ball too women no ball too shout out yeah dawn. uh dave dorsey dorsey was a trainer right who got who got the mechanics working uh i believe so i believe uh dorsey did help with his mechanics but again josh josh allen off season works with palmer uh palmer has a lot to do with working and fixing mechanics and certain things like that in the off season so it's it's interesting depending on who you talk to when in, in terms of uh of the major improvement of josh allen right mcdermott brian dable ken dorsey in my opinion palmer is a is a godsend palmer yeah. is a godsend uh moving on Dwayne, real dm3 josh allen is why he is josh allen his work ethic wanted to be better the other josh did nothing in the offseason josh worked hard uh was dable around when josh was working hard not so hey he might he hey he he seems to be Dwayne thinks that Brian Dable has nothing to do or has little to do <laughs> with the, the Josh Allen development. And that's an interesting comment, Dwayne. Interesting comment. No, I don't agree. I don't agree with that one. Nah, nah. Uh, I, hey, but me I neither. appreciate the opinion. Me neither. But everybody's everybody's definitely entitled to their own opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> now, now I want to move on. Before I get into the, the, the main topic of discussion this evening, um, closing this week in Buffalo, uh, I want to just briefly dive into a, a nugget that i found pretty interesting let's see if i could go ahead and find it right here and it is levi wallace telling juju smith schuster to stay humble uh, we all know juju smith he loves to dance he loves to come on people's uh uh logos and dance and and do the corvette corvette uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing each other for the third year in a row, week one. Uh, Sterles, give us your thoughts first on Levi Wallace comments to Juju Smith-Schuster, and then let me know if you feel that the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers, let me know if you think there's a budding rivalry going on between the two teams and organizations. Your thoughts. Okay, so first of all, like if you if you when I first read this, I thought Levi shut the hell up. Okay, <laughs> I did. I was like, until you can cover him, you better shut your ass up. Okay, right. now, right. but I have to. So you know, one of the things you learn in scouting academy is all about context. You got to look at what Levi Wallace comes from. And what he comes from, the character that he has, this this is totally in line with a Levi Wallace comment saying stay humble. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, bro, you just signed a one-year deal. And listen, right. I, if you're going to talk <clears throat> like Jalen Ramsey, that boy can talk because he's the best corner in the game. I don't want to hear you, Levi Wallace, talking about somebody <laughs> staying humble. I just need you to keep focus. Hey, you stay here. Let him do do corvette corvette right right you right. stay here though i don't want to hear from levi hey hey you know what i i was actually on the on the opposite side of the spectrum here i enjoyed watching and looking at that comment from levi wallace stay humble man stay humble when juju smith played us last year he had six receptions 
55 yards, and a late touchdown. The Buffalo Bills ended up winning 26-15. The year before that, the Buffalo Bills played the Pittsburgh Steelers on primetime football. The Buffalo Bills ended up winning 17-10. This year, we end up uh, got the schedule. We played the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers week one, and we have an opportunity to beat them once again. We are to the Pittsburgh Steelers what the Kansas City Chiefs is to us. What is your oh. thoughts on that? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> we, hey, we, we, right. have to, we have to prove we could beat Kansas City. And I think us beating Pittsburgh multiple times, I know they have a historic organization, but right now we got that goddamn number and we're going to make that third time Ugh. a charm week one. Yeah. Oh, no. Hey, hey, before I say anything, though, what's your prediction? I need your prediction, though. Y'all want to give it to us. Oh, oh, week one. We're gonna we're gonna beat those boys. Come out week one, 31-20. Buffalo okay. Bills over all the right, Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, all right, all right. All right. That sounds good. That's I, I was thinking more like like 34, 20, 21. Yeah, that's yeah. probably about what it's gonna be like. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. All right. I no, so. man. I, I like. Uh, hey, I just need Levi Wallace, bro. I just need you to uh, be better. I, I just need it. you to be picked on less. That's that's what I need. And maybe Dang. that maybe that comes in the form of uh Dane Jackson. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh but Levi's a good cornerback, though. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna cap. Levi, he's a he, he for what his role is, he's all right. I mean, you would think, right? Because the Buffalo Bills been ignoring the position <laughs> to year after year. So you would you would you would have to think it's either it's either you're really damn stubborn. Or Levi Wallace does exactly what he needs to do in that Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott type defense. I think he's one of the more smarter quarterbacks in the league. I just think he's just limited athletically. Mm. And that that's what that is the thing that keeps him from being talked about or getting that long term deal that he needs because he he's just an average to below average athlete in terms of NFL wise, right? But when you watch the tape, he's always <laughs> in place. He's always in place. Always, mm-hmm. but he's just not athletic enough to make plays a lot of the times. Right, and that's and that's the the concern, in my opinion, with the Buffalo Bills secondary. Now, I know Sean McDermott; they just want football players and high character guys, but an abundance of players that lack athletic ability can be concerning, especially when those are your best players. Jordan Poyer is not uh, a- that athletically gifted. Neither is Micah Hyde. Uh, neither is like we alluded to Levi Wallace. Uh, Tredavious White is our most athletic defensive back, and he is not that athletic himself. So um, that is the concern that I had for the Buffalo Bills secondary, especially when we think about these offenses we have to face to win Super Bowls like a Tampa Bay, like a Kansas City. We have to have athletes in that back end that's not afraid and that can keep up with these explosive offensive players. Yeah. Hey, hey, can you uh... – Address that comment by Matthew uh, Ronkowski. You this see that right, right there? This yeah, right he says, yes, yeah, Sterles, Ramsey run his. And and like uh, like idiot sounds stupid, which doesn't make you or him right, despite your paycheck. Well, your paycheck in this situation definitely makes you right because yes. he is widely regarded in the, as the best cornerback in the league, and it's not close. Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey, as much BS as he talks – he backs it up on the field, and his contract tells you that he backs it up on the field. Jalen Ramsey is that dude. When you can play like him, you can talk. 
whether you like right. it or not. Right. Deion Sanders <clears throat> in his day was that good, and Deion Sanders would run his mouth to Jerry Rice. Yeah. 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 And you, you know what? Hey, he was that good, and he could back it up. And when you play to them levels, you can talk to anybody, even if it's the wide, possibly the greatest wide receiver in the history of the NFL in Jerry Rice. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice, man. Um, but I want to move on, right? That, I, I, interesting discussions this week in Buffalo, Juju Smith-Schuster and the Pittsburgh Steelers and that rivalry with our Buffalo Bills. Uh, but I want to move on to the main, the, the main event, so to speak, right? The Buffalo Bills did not make any significant changes to the roster. Even though we went 13-3 and overall, a lot of that was uh, people would tell you it's because our offense, right? Uh, averaging 30 points per game, Josh Allen being uh, an MVP candidate, all pro Stephon Diggs, all pro Cole Beasley. The Buffalo Bills could do no wrong offensively, and that's uh, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, we did go 13-3. and three. Um, You want to combine that with a respectable job by the defense in holding opponents uh, scoring. We was 14th in scoring defense, holding opponents to – uh, 23.2 points per game. Uh, not great, but ranked 14th, you're still ranked in the top half of the NFL, right? But we did have some concerns on defense, um, and we hope we can fix it with the same players we had from last year from the most part. That's the interesting discussion we're about to have. Um, we didn't have a pass rush. We had trouble getting to that passer consistently. Uh, we've seen it even in the playoffs against the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers. If Josh Allen wasn't the best uh, football player on the field that day, who knows what could have been the outcome uh, of that game, right? Uh, opponents rushing yards per game. We was ranked 20th. 123 yards a game we gave up rushing. We was 18th in opponent passing yards per game. Uh, everybody knows we gave up the most yards and receptions to tight ends in the NFL. Everybody uh, ex uh, not named the New York Jets, right? So we have some concerning issues. So how can we change that without making any significant changes? Well, our young core have to continue to progress, right? Our young core has to live up to uh, expectations in order for us to progress defensively. So Sterling and myself, we're going to give you three players on each level of the defense we feel that needs to improve their individual performances in order for the Buffalo Bills to progress as a team. And Sterling, I want to start with the defensive line. Uh, we have players that, that are young. We have core players amongst this defensive line. But who is the defensive lineman that, that sticks out like a sore thumb to you in terms of needing to improve their individual performance, huh? And Oliver, I mean, mm. you, it's it's the elephant in the room. I mean, mm. and you even have the graphic. It's year three. <laughs> like we got to see Ed Oliver ball out. Ed Oliver yeah. has been touted as the one of the best defensive tackles. Uh, you know, when he, I mean, I've been following Ed Oliver since he was in high school, man. Like right. seriously, you know, uh, he has to show up big this year. And the problem that I have with Ed Oliver is I think he's improved as a pass rusher, but it's his what he does in the run game that 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 leaves mm. me going, 
Mm-hmm. Ugh, you gotta get better. Your mm-hmm. run fits are not good. They are not good. He he gets he gets uh, consumed at the point of attack. Sometimes he, he I think he struggles disengaging from blocks and so forth. And if you want to be a top defensive tackle in this league, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to show up not only in pass rushing hurries, but you also have to be a stalwart in the in, in your run fits to help out in the run game. There is no reason why the Bills should be twentieth. And run defense, or, or whatever the whatever the ranking was, Ed Oliver, you have to step up. It's not just about the pass rush. I need you to learn more nuance. Okay, now we could talk about oh, what did he play out of position? Whatever. Nah, not really. He really did it. Really, you don't think so? No, 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 no. See, that's that's the misnomer that everybody has to talk about okay. Ed Oliver playing out of position. Let's talk about it. Quentin Jefferson, Vernon Butler played more snaps. Okay, at that one tech than Ed Oliver did. Mm. Go back and watch it. Okay, J- Joe Marino. Joe, Mar- Joe Marino put us on to this, and I give him credit for that. But if you go back and look at it, yeah, he's right. Ed Oliver has to get better. It, it's it's learning more in college. He he has one of the quickest first steps you'll see in the defensive tackle. So he you know, and he was double teamed a lot of times, right? And he was stronger than most uh interior offensive lineman but right. in the nfl it's about it's about learning what's of the position where you're gonna have to set up these these guards and centers and, and, and you know be a, be disruptive in the run game and that is a piece of ed oliver's game that has to improve now i'll tell you ed oliver is my candidate for breakout player of the year i think ed oliver coming into year three this is, you know, the money time for him. I think he can really come in and he can really have an impact in, in both phases of the game. You know what? I like it. And I'm going to match you. I had Ed Oliver as well. That's why I put uh, the graphic up. We agree with Ed Oliver. <clears throat> uh, first round, ninth overall pick in the NFL draft, right? So when you're the first round, ninth overall pick in the draft, your expectations are going to be high. They're going to become extremely high uh, when you have comparisons like the Hall of Famer Minnesota Vikings, John Randall. When you have comparisons like uh, you did with Aaron Donald. So when you are top 10 pick combined with those lofty comparisons, yes, we're going to expect you to, to come in and change the game. We're going to expect you to come in and make momentum game changing plays and uh in an interview with sean mcdermott uh, a reporter asked what do you expect from ed oliver uh in his third season and sean mcdermott said ed oliver is going to change the game now sterling in my opinion i think the buffalo bills organization mismanaged ed oliver a little bit I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on that. I see you. I see you pause. I hope I hope I still got you here, Sterling. Okay, I see you now. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. I believe the Buffalo Bills mismanaged Ed Oliver a little bit. I don't think now he didn't play according to yourself, according to uh, Marino. He didn't play uh, one tech as much as most of us thought he did, but he shouldn't have been playing one tech at all. He shouldn't have never been playing that one tech position. He's 6'1", 280, 85 pounds, short arms, short legs, and we expect this man to gobble up double teams 
uh, from big interior offensive linemen in the trenches. In my opinion, Ed Oliver should have never been put in that position to begin with. Young players still have to prove to themselves that they belong in the NFL, right? I think that messes up a player's psyche. I think that messes up uh, a player's mental. And the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, mismanaged Ed Oliver a little bit putting him in an uncompromising position to perform this year. Because what us, us fans, we don't give a shit about what's going on internally. We want results, <laughs> right? We want results. Yeah. So what's your thoughts, man? Rebuttal. I know I haven't thought of it that way. I, I like I like that take. You know, they they did. You know what? And you if you if we're really honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. we got to put the blame on Brandon Bean. Mm. Number one, you should have never signed Star Latulale. Okay. For, for what you signed it for. Let's okay. call it what it is. It is. Yeah. He ain't it, bro. And we yeah. and as fans, we want to drink the Kool-Aid and think that Star is just gonna, he's a savior. He's gonna come in and he's gonna he's gonna mask all the Bills issues up front. But right. I don't know. I think the Bills, the Bills should have that they had opportunities to 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 draft that big run stuffing nose tackle that they that they need in that and, and to 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 plug up the A gap. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do that. They went and spent a lot of money on Starlet Tulane because of familiarity. That's why we all talk about the Carolina to Buffalo train. Okay. Right. They right. should have done a better job, right? If 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 they are as meticulous as they say they are, then they right. had a plan, right? And right. we know that they don't come in just this is just our plan for this year. They have, I would say they probably have an idea from, from two or three to four years out. Their mm-hmm. scouts are looking at prospects from Two, three to four years out. Mm-hmm. We got to blame Brandon Bean on that. And I, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean just because I disagree with the move Brandon Bean has doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I don't like Brandon Bean. I love Brandon Bean. He's one of the top GMs in the league. Of course. But he missed the mark. Yeah. You, you should, you, the Bills should never have been compromised in, the, in terms of what well, Ed Oliver has to, to even, like you said, he shouldn't even have to play one tech. Right. At all. Right. And well, and the reason, and the reason why it, in my opinion, it sticks out like a sore thumb, like a mismanage to me, is because you got Ed Oliver from a situation where he was playing out of position in college. <laughs> yeah, you got him from that situation, so you should have known that from college. And if one tech defensive tackle is that important to your defense, as obviously we see that it is, we should have had a backup one tech defensive tackle prepared no matter if COVID happened or not. Y'all so in my, in my opinion, we mismanaged that whole Ed Oliver situation. Y'all bro, <laughs> listen to my boy over here because he's you finish, that's facts. You are telling the damn truth. That's real. Yeah. They should have they should have had a better contingency plan in place and they didn't. Right, right, man. Because think about Ed Oliver's first year. Uh he started to improve later this later in his rookie year. Three sacks uh, three straight games with a sack. He had a sack against the Denver Broncos. He had a sack against the Miami Dolphins. Then he had that two-sack game against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So he was starting to make those necessary progressions. And I wish I would have seen Starlet, um, Ed Alva play that natural one-tech uh, uh, smoothly, natural three-tech smoothly throughout his second, uh, throughout his second season. We're going to see if he's mentally strong and can come back and be that top 10 defensive tackle we hope he could be. Yeah, I think it, it goes to show, you know, it, it can go one of two ways. It's kind of you have to put Cody Ford in the same light as well. Right. right. What was Cody Ford? They drafted him to be a right tackle. Right. Why is he at guard? 
Right. You came out and said Cody Ford's a right tackle. So your scouts, y'all talked about if you're going to make a high pick like that, because mm-hmm. he was a second-round pick, you mm-hmm. said he's a tackle. Right. You're kicking him in the guard. So right. it's okay to make mistakes is all I'm saying. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. It's okay. But let's fix it. Let's fix yes. it now. Yes. Cody Ford, you either got it or you don't. Ed, you either got it got or you it don't. you don't. Yes. Yes. And I'm not going, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, the way we mis- mismanaged it, Oliver, I, I, I just feel that we have to give him that fifth year option. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care what he does this season. We still have to give him that fifth year option. The upside, the upside is too high. I mean, yeah. and he, and, and, and I know it sounds like we're crapping on Ed. He does some good things. Like, oh, yes. you know, we talk about oh, yes. his pass rush ability and so forth. Yes. He does some really good things. Yes. But again, like you said, it goes not just at all his performance. You have to look at top to the bottom. Okay. They kind of mismanaged the situation a little bit. Yes, man. Yes. And shout out Brooke for the super chat. Uh, Oliver is one of my favorite players. And going to be honest, it's mainly because he's on, he's one of the only players that knows what he's talking about with horses. <laughs> That's why you like Ed. Well, listen, man, hopefully, hopefully. Those battle with horses in the offseason can help him in the trenches this season because we are definitely going to need Ed Oliver to step up so the Buffalo Bills can progress uh, as a team defensively. I mean, listen, if, it, if I got to start riding horses to get chicks, <laughs> put some Wranglers yeah, on me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, saddle me up, man. Saddle me up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. A. Rich, Akeem Richards, my boy Sterling, cover one in the building. This is Billsology. Ed Oliver was our first guy uh, in terms of level of resistance, uh, our series, that we feel must improve in order for the Buffalo Bills to take a next step as a team defensively uh, to become better. Uh, We didn't sign anybody of significance, so we have to hope that our players continue to progress so we can become better defensively. And I want to move on to the next line of defense we agreed on ed oliver let's see if we agree with the linebackers uh which linebacker in your opinion sterles must improve as an individual in order for the buffalo bills to take a ne- the next step as a team towards super bowl contention it's uh it's tremaine edmonds it, 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 i mean uh, I, two I, we, yeah we're gonna agree on this one <laughs> tremaine edmonds look Tremaine Edmonds is a damn good player, and I don't agree with the disrespect that he got last year, but I agree with the disrespect he got in some respects, okay? This is a guy, he's very young, and and, and as much as people are like, well, that's just an excuse you're making for Tremaine, the dude is super young, okay? He's still Mm -hmm. learning the position, and and when we have this idea that he's supposed to be Luke Keekley, I think we're wrong. Luke Keekley is a Hall of Fame linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds may, will never be Luke Keekley. He just won't be. But right. Tremaine Edmonds is a good linebacker, too. And yes, so Tremaine is. Edmonds, he has to improve. And, and, and you have to – I think it all comes with what – he has to trust what he sees. It's all between the ears. And we need him to be more instinctual as a linebacker. Trust your eyes. Be more aggressive. I think he's – if you watch him, sometimes, you know, he gives you that flash ability, right? But right. sometimes it's like it's kind of the London Fletcher thing where he likes to let things develop in front of him before he before he takes action. And I think he has to be more instinctual and more quicker in processing the game. But you can also attribute that to being a very young player. So Tremaine Edmonds has to improve this year for the Bills defense to be what it's supposed to be, and especially in pass coverage. 
100 percent agree that was my guy as well tremaine freaking edmonds 23 years old and i understand i get it he's a young kid i understand i get it uh, some rookies in this past draft class is older than tremaine edmonds is now and he's a two-time pro bowler but six five 250 pounds runs a four five four forty uh we need this man to play to his size and in my opinion he doesn't play like he's six five and 250 pounds so uh i think Tremaine edmonds is is definitely a guy to watch i think he's definitely the guy uh the general in our defense that must improve in order for the buffalo bills to take the next step he has to be able to diagnose plays better he has to be able to become more of a sure tackler he has to play to his size he has to play he has to play big and he has to get better in coverage Tremaine Edmonds gets eaten up against high IQ elite quarterbacks and Ooh, I think point. that good that point. is yeah I, I I think that I think that's the problem now I'm not going to say that uh Tremaine Edmonds is not a high IQ player but some of his concerns and some of his problems suggests that might be the case he has trouble diagnosing plays at times he looks confused in coverage uh elite or high iq quarterbacks take advantage of tremaine edmonds so my concern is uh uh his iq can he diagnose plays better can he diagnose it faster can he play without thinking it looked like a light bulbs uh, uh flashed on two years ago after new england patriots game right it looked like he played against the new england patriots he had a well of a game and then we said you know what Tremaine edmonds has finally arrived and i was expecting a big time year from Tremaine edmonds this year but that hasn't been the case and i hope for our sake for our buffalo bills organization's sake that even though he's a two-time pro bowler he can continue to get better yeah, I agree. And I think this goes to Sean McDermott. I, I think Sean McDermott's ability to coach the cornerbacks is very prevalent and evident. Mm. But again, when you have Thomas Davis, right, and mm -hmm. you have Luke mm -hmm. Keekley, I think it spoiled him a little bit to where mm -hmm. he may need to, like, work on his chops a little bit in terms of coaching and Leslie Flazier with coaching these linebackers. I think when you set up in, in a nickel defense, I think it puts more pressure on your, your two linebackers. And yes. you're talking about a, a young, young middle linebacker who's still learning the game. I, I think you have to simplify his concepts, his reads, make it a lot easier for him to, mm. to, to, to make plays. And I think sometimes they don't put him in the best positions to make plays from a matchup mm. point of view. And I think mm. that has to do with the you don't have and, and people say, well, I, the big nickel. You don't have another guy that could take pressure off of Tremaine Edmonds like like they did yes. in Carolina. Right. They had they had a guy yes. that had a big nickel guy that could get the job done. Right. So Tremaine yes. is, is, is there's all these different aspects and nuances that he's having to be responsible for. When I think sometimes I think it needs to be simplified a little bit more. I think when you go into Sunday. He you know, we look at Tremaine Emmons has more responsibility than mm -hmm. Matt Milano. I think Matt Milano yeah. is freed up to, to, to kind of just play, whereas Tremaine mm -hmm. Edmonds, he has more to think about. And I think it shows. So it let's 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 ask this question: Is Tremaine Edmonds a middle linebacker? 
Not by NFL standards, he's not. Mm. But he's not the traditional middle linebacker. He's a he's right. he's a very big he's a very big guy. But his athletic ability, he is more of a hybrid middle linebacker where he he's damn he's really good. He's a really damn good linebacker, but I just think he just has to learn some it's just going to it's a it's one of those things where he's still learning, right? He this is going to be a big year for him as well. He's he's got a he's got a, you know, McDermott wants more and the fans yeah. want more from him. And, and yeah. no one's saying, you know, that he he has to be Luke Keekley. No one's saying that, man. But right. you see other middle linebackers. If you if you go back and watch the Super Bowl, that should tell you all you need to know about how middle linebackers play. Yep. Devontae David is woo. Yeah. That, um, woo. I wanted him so bad. I wanted him so bad. Yeah. I would have loved a Levante David uh as a free agent acquisition right. this season. Of course, he went back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I got a Devin hot White. take. Those guys are, Devin those White. Guys are oh, dope. yes. Those guys are dope. I got a hot take from DM3 himself. He's he's high on Tremaine Edmonds. And my boy DM3 says Tremaine Edmonds will be an all-pro in 2021. Now, this is high praise because you're not talking about Pro Bowl no more. We're talking about all-pro linebacker. And... When I look at Tremaine Edmonds' last couple of seasons, he doesn't have any forced fumbles in his last two seasons. He didn't have an interception last season. You know, he makes a ton of tackles, but he doesn't make any game-changing or momentum-swinging plays, in my opinion. So this would be a a high, high honor for Tremaine Edmonds to be an All-Pro. This is a hot take. What you think, Sterles? (sighs) Ah. I don't. It's a stretch. It's it's a stretch, stretch. right? It's a stretch, and it's yeah. It's it's peak off season, and (laughs) and I see where my boy DM three why he why he feels that way. I don't think it's gonna happen though. Right. But it can. He has all the makings and ability to be what we all think and and be an all pro. Right. The Bills would have to be a top five defense for Tremaine Emmons to be an all pro. That's just facts. I don't know if I don't know if we're gonna see that. I think if they simplify his concepts and his reads, mm. you know, I think maybe he, I think he can get there, but mm. I think there's a lot on his shoulders. There's a lot. And last year he was playing through a shoulder injury too. that, that, that kind of, but let's, let's be honest. He's never been a devastating tackler. He's right. never been one of those guys that just like, just going to lay you out. He's right. never been that he is right. more of an arm tackler. Right. And he has to be, he has to, to his technique, his tackling technique will definitely have to improve. Right. I agree 100%. When you're 6'5", 250, 255 pounds, you want to be feared by the opposition. And I I get the sense that nobody that's running around and running across the middle fears Tremaine Edmonds. And that's what he has to show this season, in my opinion. Let me get some comments. Once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, my brother Sterling, cover one. Uh... I have, we agree, two for two. We went Ed Oliver with defensive linemen, and we went Tremaine Edmonds with the linebacker that must improve as individuals in order for the Buffalo Bills to take a next step as a team to progress defensively. Chris. King That's Rich, my you, guy. That's my dude. Chris, hey, <laughs> hey, shout out Chris. Shout out Chris. Do you, do you guys think Tremaine is asked by the coaching staff to make those game-changing plays? I'm going to go ahead and answer this first, and then – uh, Stills, you got you got chime in. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds was drafted 16th overall. The Buffalo Bills traded their number 22 pick in the first round and their 65th pick, uh, third round pick 
uh to move up and acquire Tremaine Edmonds. When you give up those high selection picks and you're giving up those picks, in my opinion, to get a game changer. And in my opinion, with Tremaine Edmonds' size, speed, and athleticism, uh, he should be looked at as such. Uh, a game-changing linebacker, side-to-side line, side to side, uh, sideline to sideline linebacker, excuse me, that has the ability to make game-changing plays. Sterling, your thoughts? I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. And, and I think you have to go with the McDermott philosophy. They want you to do your 1-11th. This is a bend-don't-break yeah. defense. Yeah. Right. They're not putting you in positions like, like a Ray Lewis to just completely wreck and, ch- and make plays. That's not, that's not what they ask him to do. It's more of a mental game with with him being more instinctual, like we kind of talked about earlier. So we just need him to be more confident in what his processing is. That's all. And he got everything else. Nice, nice. Uh, Real DM3, the defense will be top five. I hope so, right? That's the hope, right? When you think about the Buffalo Bills, when you uh, a lot of us content creators and even fans, what do we say uh, with the Buffalo Bills? If we could get the 2020 offense – Combined with the 2019 defense, we will we like our chances to hoist that Lombardi trophy. So we can we hope that we can get back to a top five dominating defense. Uh last but not least, uh defensive backs. I think myself and Sterling, this is where we disagree a little bit. Uh, which defensive back do you think? have to improve in order for the Buffalo Bills to take that next step. Let me hear it, Sterles. I got to go with Taron Johnson on this. Wow. Taron Johnson is the guy that you pick in the secondary to improve the Buffalo Bills roster. Hold on. Let me get this in here right quick. What? 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 Please explain the Teron Johnson pick. <laughs> yeah, that was dope. That was dope. That was dope. It's real easy to, to pick 27, right? But let me tell yes. you, though, Taron Johnson, I, I think he, he's great in the run game. He needs to improve in, in his past coverage. Uh, it, it's Look, he, sometimes he gets toasted. I mean, this is a guy who lost his job during the season as, as a slot corner. Right, he lost his job. Lost his job. We, we all forget that because we're like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, look what he did to Pittsburgh, and look what he yeah. did to Baltimore. Great yeah. plays, yeah. Taron Johnson will also tell you the difference between those two games and the tail of his tape is that he will tell you, saw an interview, that he is more of a student of the game in the mm-hmm. film room. That is mm-hmm. the difference, that has been the difference. Why, why we saw him make plays, right? He has to improve. He is a he is right now he is a an a he's an average to above average slot cornerback. Mm-hmm. He's good. His best his calling card. He's good in the run game. He, he's mm-hmm. a guy that can get up on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He can he can seek out a, 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 a you know he can seek out the run. He can make a play. Mm-hmm. We need to see him be more of a consistent uh, in, in his pass coverage. That is the thing. That's why he needs to be the best better. You got a liability. Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, we're going to see what they d- decide to troll out there, right? So right. we know CB2 is one thing. But right. when you are targeted, he was 15th in targets last year and ninth in yards allowed above all quarterbacks. That's just not the slot. You have to be better. You have to be better. 
You know what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I, so I really like Teron Johnson. I, I think that he's physical. I think he brings an attitude to the secondary department. And I, I think that he's a guy that gets beat, yes, but he makes those, he makes plays. You know, the pick six against Pittsburgh, the pick six against Baltimore. I don't think those are flukes. I think Teron Johnson, he has a knack for making plays. Is he a little undersized? Yes. Uh, does he get beat? Yes. Um, but I think he definitely has more of a ceiling to, to improve upon. And um, I actually, now that you gave me your assessment, I actually like the pick because slot receivers are are vital in today's NFL. And you have to have very good slot cornerbacks to combat that. So I respect the pick and I, uh, uh, I like the assessment to Ron Johnson. Um, do I agree? No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the man is obviously Tredavious White. Um, the reason why I, I, I think he has to improve is he didn't have a bad la a season last year, but I think he did regress from the year before. And uh, when I look at Tredavious White, uh, since he's joined the Buffalo Bills, he looks like he's had a pattern, right? His rookie season, in my opinion, he should have been rookie of the year over Lattimore. I think he had a very good rookie season. I think he regressed a little bit in year two. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't as impressive as year three, as year two, as year one, excuse me. Then he came back in year three and had an all pro season. Then last season, he regressed a little bit. I think he still played well, but he didn't play as well as his all-pro year. And now, in his off-again, on-again career, I expect this year uh, to be an improvement for Tredavious White. We have to get back that, that all-pro cornerback uh, that I believe was, was feared for most of last season. I think last year, he was feared in the beginning of the season until... Uh, team started to pick at him a little bit and then they finally discovered that hey shit maybe we could throw over Tredavious White's way a little bit and I think that is the uh that was the the synopsis on Tredavious White towards the end of last year and I hope he could get back to that all pro season he had in year three because in order for the Buffalo Bills uh to hoist that Lombardi trophy in my opinion he's going to have to start showing resistance against the the uh DeAndre Hopkins of the world against the Tyreek Hills of the world. He cannot look like a number four cornerback against Tyreek Hill. He has to be able to show that level of resistance against elite NFL receivers. He's getting paid like it, and I think he has to play like it. Uh, what's your rebuttal on that? <sighs> I know it's a lot. There was a lot. <laughs> yeah, there was, was a lot to soak in. I like I mean, hey, I, I like Teron Johnson as well. That was an excellent pick, man. Yeah, excellent pick. I think uh, I think if we're as fans, if we're honest with ourselves, and we and we look at we we look at the expectation that we have of Trey being tutored as one of the top three cornerbacks in the league coming in last year. Yep. I think you if you look at the tape, you expect a little more, but at the same time, the Bills' propensity to play nickel defense, mm. COVID. He and Trey was a little bit injured last year too. We forget to mention. Yeah, and, and he only Trey. You know, he doesn't mirror the best receiver on the field. They don't have him do that, but he mm -hmm. can. He can. Mm -hmm. But this is what this is what makes Trey White 
and Jalen Ramsey cut from a different cloth because mm. Jalen Ramsey, we ain't nobody talking about that with him. Right. Trey White, I think he's probably as as good as he's going to be. I don't now, think he's going to get any better than what he is. Mm. And that's a now now that's an interesting assessment right there. That's a, that's interesting statements, interesting comments. So you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. And I agree. While I do agree they are cut from a different cloth, uh, I want to ask, how much does pass rush have to do with that? You know, they have Aaron Donald. They have the, the guy out there. I believe they had uh, the kid that went over from Chicago. I forgot his name. They had uh, a very stout defense and a very good pass rush. And I believe that helped Jalen Ramsey as good as he is. I wish Tredavious White had that pass rush that Jalen Ramsey had. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it. Uh, I think it matters, right? Yep. Right. But you also have to look at what what Trey White is as a as a as a player as a cornerback. If you and you got to take the Bills lens off, okay? Yep. Yep. Trey White is is the perfect fit for what Sean McDermott is as mm-hmm. a coach. It's a yep. bend don't break. We play zone defense. This is yep. what we expect of our corners. He yep. is in the perfect position, perfect place where he's going to thrive. But Trey White was drafted 27th for a reason. He yes. was. Yes. He, he wasn't one of the top cornerbacks. Right. Okay. I had I, I had a uh, I had a couple guys, I had a few guys rated higher than him pre-draft. Now right. he he's as I think he's as good as he's going to be. I, I think we we may have maxed he he's athletically and, and, and mm. he's as good as he's gonna be. And I think we have to be okay with that. And as good as he's gonna be is top five corner. He is the the lower echelon of of elite corner, that's mm-hmm. what it is, and that's what he'll always be. That's it. I like it. Tell Low me, t- tell me how how much better has he gotten since year one? And you, uh, not much, and and, right. and that's okay, and that's okay. He Trey White may have reached his ceiling, yeah, but that's okay because yep. when your ceiling is top five, top ten, you're going to take that ten times out of ten. Absolutely. So that's all right. That's all right. But um, we, have to, I, but as fans and and as evaluators, we have to realize no, like he's he's reached his ceiling. Like right, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. If he gets better than what he is, then I, call me wrong. I love Trey White, and I'm not being a hater, but I think he's maxed out. And and here's where you have to put the proper pieces around him and for him to him to excel at his position even more. Give him a pass rush. Don't have our cornerbacks playing these receivers and giving uh, these quarterbacks all day to throw. I think if you give um, these certain pieces to our defense, it would help the secondary as a whole. It would help Tredavious White along with uh, Teron Johnson. Uh, Let me take some comments before we get out of here. This has been an excellent show. Brent says, go Bills. Uh, Chris says, I feel like Teron, because playing nickel corner is legit one of the hardest positions to play in all of sports. Um, you know what, Chris? I, I definitely can agree to that. Nickel nickel corner is, in my opinion, just as hard, if not harder, than boundary corner. At least those boundary corners, outside corners, have the out of bounds uh, as their friend, right? Slot corners, you have to cover guys that's going inside and outside. Um, you have to deal with uh, big guys, small guys, explosive guys. So it's definitely a, a, a position that that is becoming an integral part in the NFL, this, the nickel corner and the slot receiver positions. Uh, 
more comments. Dawn, future Hall of Famer who just played every game of the state. Oh, no, I'm talking hockey, girl. Go ahead. Talk that hockey. <laughs> Talk that hockey. Dawn, Dawn, Dawn does agree with Teron Johnson. Jason says Trey's a better zone than man, man uh, corner. And For that's sure. what he is. Yeah. That's what he is, right? You're, yeah. he's, a, he's a great uh, zone corner that can play man sometimes you have to throw it in here and there a couple plays here and there that's not a predominant thing for trey white right but uh definitely uh predominantly a zone corner uh dm3 dre is a, uh trey is a zone corner but he would never be straight lockdown his iq and ability to play the ball and not the man makes him successful agree a hundred percent uh and why last but not least i think this is the last comment i'll take uh, plus Trey is solid is a solid person won't get in trouble with the law etc and I think but you know what we have to give that uh credit to the the staff and the organization of the Buffalo Bills right Sean McDermott Brandon Bean we don't have guys that's getting in trouble and getting in trouble with the law and in the media for all the wrong things you know I know Cole Beasley had his little spat but Cole Beasley aside right um we do we do a great job in 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 getting guys uh, with high uh, class and high character. Uh, so excellent comment, man. Excellent comment. Once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. This is Bill Zology with my brother uh, Sterling from Cover One. This has been an excellent show, man. I had a lot of fun talking about the three levels of resistance. We agreed on two out of the three. And I think you made excellent uh, examples and comments even on the things we disagreed upon, man. This has been an excellent show, and I was blessed to have you uh, come on and, and grace us with your, with your knowledge, man. I really appreciate you. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? Hey, man, I just want to say thank you for having me on, man. <laughs> like, anytime you need a guest, count me in, bro. I, yeah, I love I love chopping it up with you. Uh, we always have good energy, man. And yeah, that's, it was dope. And, and from a content creator point of view, I think, you know, that's one of the underrated things I think fans don't get to see. When when right. when two content creators get together and you have that energy, that synergy, that stuff matters and it puts out good products. So I appreciate you for having me on and you were setting me up. So, uh, but big shout out to Built in Buffalo, man. You guys do a damn good job. Uh, you know, I'm always watching from afar, even though I'm at cover one, man, we're all a family around here, man. And uh, I appreciate the work you do. So uh, keep grinding. Most definitely. Most definitely. I appreciate the love, uh, Sterling. I appreciate uh, the boys over at cover one. Cover one uh, does a great job of of showing content of the Buffalo Bills in their own perspective, man. And, and what y'all do, I think, is different from the rest. I hope y'all keep doing what y'all do. But we definitely are a family. And. Uh, this is not the last time, Sturls. We're definitely going to chop it up again. Yes, Hopefully, sir. I get you on again before the season starts and we can get some predictions, man. I really appreciate you. And uh, to the people that tuned in and watch, I appreciate y'all as well for, for joining myself, joining Sterling as we chopped it up uh, uh, and discussed our favorite team, our Buffalo Bills. Because at the end of the day, all we want to do, whether we agree or disagree, is see our team hoist that Lombardi trophy. So once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, my boy Sterling, Bill's Allergy. Until next time. Hi, right, we out of here. We out.